we're all creatures of habit. Mm-hmm. It's all about building the habit. And it's not about necessarily having the motivation every single day to do it. You know, half of the time I work out, I just can't be bothered with it. But I'm in my car, I'm driving, and this is one of my morning routines. And it's just a habit. I don't have to think about it anymore. Just like with food, nutrition is the single biggest thing that will have the biggest impact on how you look and feel, right? You know, sleep and training and everything's important as well. But nutrition is the one. And it's the one that people struggle with the most. So yeah. it's just about building the habit. the Kill Them podcast. I'm your host, business mentor and personal brand strategist on a mission to inspire a minimum of five people a day to take action, do something different and show up as the best person that they aspire to be. Are you one of my five a day? Keep all your messages coming. Let me know on Instagram, Kelly Lundberg official, and let me know what you've been inspired by. Was it something on this episode? Keep them coming. It makes my day and it makes my guest day knowing that it has had such an impact. Thank you in advance for being one of my five a day. If you haven't already, drop a review on Apple Podcasts. These reviews help secure even more guests to come on the show and it just takes a couple of minutes. Tell me which episode you like and it just draws more attention and more credibility. In today's episode, I speak to Cyrus. Now, he's been in the fitness industry for 15 years. What a wealth of knowledge we had um, and discussions about fitness and taking care of yourself in this episode. Prior to his fitness industry, he actually had joined the Royal Marines and we talk about this journey and the discipline and mindset required from military to actually then deciding to launch a business. And in 2020, here in Dubai, he opened Boxica with his business partner, but also his friend, with the main objective to build a strong community around fitness, health, nutrition, and growth. If you're looking for tips on having a great routine, some really easy ways for you to think about habits and um, focus that on nutrition, you're going to love this episode. Welcome to the Kelly Lumber Podcast, Sarah. It's great to have you here. I've heard so much about you. My friends have been to many of your classes. Would you like to give our audience a little bit of a backstory as to who you are and what you do? Yeah, thank you so much for the introduction. I'm Cyrus and I'm the owner of Boxica. Mm-hmm. I founded it with a friend of mine mm-hmm. two and a half years ago. We're a, a multi-concept fitness studio mm-hmm. in Dubai Studio City. A little bit about my background. I was in the military for five years, left school at 16, traveled around the world for four or five years, and I've been a fitness coach for 15 years now. Wow. So were you a fitness coach, you know, during the military or was that afterwards then? I started training for the military, like personally training myself to be fit at 12. To get fit. Did you always know you wanted to be in From 12. From the age of 12, my friend bought a picture of his brother into school and it was, he was a Royal Marines commando and he had his green berry on and I saw the photo and from that moment, I wanted to be a Royal Marine. And from from then on, I was just like 100% in on the military. And what was it? Was it the uniform? Was it- I have no idea. I just saw it and I was, it was in like a jungle somewhere and I just wow. saw adventure. I didn't really like my hometown and I just saw an escape, my way of getting out. And I was training like crazy for it. So funny story, I joined, I applied to join the Royal Marines when I was 15 and nine months old on the day. Yeah. And that was the exact age that you could apply to join back then. Did you not know that or was it you'd no, waited I knew it. exactly that day? I knew it. So I walked in and the recruitment officer was like, yeah, you're too young. And I'm like, I'm not. 
I know exactly how old I need to be. He's like, how old are you? I'm like 15 and nine months to the day. And he's, the guy's laughing. And he's like, do you know that guys your age, the percentage of pass for the Royal Marines is so small, you've almost got no chance. So this guy didn't know that I've been training since I was 12 and I was super fit. And like, you know, when you're young, you're just bendy, right? You can do anything. So I eventually convinced him. I said, no, let me on the course. I've been training for this so long. I promise you, I won't let you down. So they do like a three-day test, if you like. You go mm-hmm. down to Limston. They see how good you are. And if you pass it, then you can join the actual training. Yeah. And I flew it because I've been training for so long. And he was like, okay, yeah, no, I get it. I'll, I'll let you in. So 16, I joined. Wow. So what, what, what did, how did you know to train yourself at 12 years old in fitness? Like, I mean, YouTube. What, yeah, that's what? a good, yeah, there was no, I mean, I think there was, I don't know if there was even a YouTube back Yeah, then, I'm trying to think. Yeah, and also there, don't want to insult on ages either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I'm 37. So there was a guy in our town and everyone called him Johnny Marine because he was in the Royal Marines previously mm-hmm. and he was, no, he had a gym there and he was known as being the fitness guy. So me and two of my friends who also the, the guy that showed me the picture, his brother was in the Marines. So me and him and another friend went to go and see him. And he charged us like a pound per session. There was only three of us training with him. So he was making like three quid and he would train with us. And three days a week, we would train with him. And the days we weren't with him, we would do our own thing. And he got us fit. He got us so fit, like swimming once a week, like a crazy hour in the pool, running up and down the mountains, on the beach. We would like skip school and go running up and down in the middle of the winter on the, on the sea we really trained ourselves physically and mentally to join. And by 15 and nine months, I was ready. Like I was 100% in. Wow. So, but it's just that mindset. Because, mm. you know, I've got nephews that are that age. And I can tell you that working out in that, in that way, it would just be surpassed. Them. It just, it just wouldn't, they wouldn't think about it. Mm. So was it just that goal that you had that this is what I wanted to do? Or was it more you wanted to escape where you were? Or was it all of that? They yeah. kept you going. Yeah, I, I wanted to escape. I mean, my parents split up when I was 12. Mm. And I think that had partly was to do with it. Yeah. Uh, long story short, my mum left with my two sisters and brother and they moved to the other side of the country. So I was all of a sudden, I had this like close family and overnight it was me and my dad. And there was no contact between my brothers and sisters and mum after that for like 15 years. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so that looking back now being a, a, an adult and having a kid and, and a wife and a family at the time you think oh it's nothing but it massively impacted me and I, I just wanted to escape I just wanted to get out of my hometown mm. and this was the Answer. ticket yeah like go in the marines be your own man travel and I would never want my son to join the military knowing what I know now mm-hmm. but for me at that time in my life I needed that that yeah. was my but that was my thing. Yeah. What's your biggest thing from the military that you've carried on with or that stuck with you for the five years? The biggest thing I learned, if it's one thing, is that discipline and the, the, the knowledge that you can achieve absolutely anything you want to. If you stick your, your mind to it, you know, don't get distracted and just stay focused on the target. Eventually you will get there. But, you know, the Royal Marines training is one of the longest, hardest training courses you can do from civilian to military in the world. And some of the stuff you do is insane. And you go through that. Give me some examples. Okay. Well, the physical test, the commando tests at the end of training, it's eight months long. Mm-hmm. And they, you have to do the commando tests with these like legendary tests. One of them is a 30 mile weighted march over mountains. And you do it with a big heavy pack on your back and you, your rifle and all your equipment and you're nonstop running mm. for 30 miles over a hill, over hills. But that's just one of the tests you do. They don't let you sleep that much for eight months. You're like 
something that people don't understand, like the, the fitness side of it is really hard, but lying in cold puddles in the middle of the UK winter, freezing cold, you know, it, break, it breaks most people. The pass rate is really small because mm. you, you think, you know, oh, what, why am I doing this? You know, the older guys that maybe made a bit of money or they had families, it plays on it. I was, I was 16. I was like, give, you know, I was loving it. This is what I, it was either that or go back to Wales. And I hated that. So that was kind of, you know, why I, I stuck with it as well. I read uh, David Goggin's book. Mm-hmm. Have yeah. you read it? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Both of his books. Yeah. yeah. So he talks a lot about, so you may perhaps correct me what, what his training was that he was, what was he? What, he was a Navy SEAL. That was right. And he talks about how intense that training yeah. is and yeah. how many people it breaks and just how many times he had to go back and do it. Like it's, it's hard. Uh, yeah, intense. So, so when you're saying that that's one of the things that stuck with you, then, you know, going into fitness and doing what you're doing now, I take it that's the exact same results that you would say to clients and people that come to Boxercar Discipline, stick at it, you'll get yeah, the results. Uh, more, yeah, I preach more habits mm-hmm. to, to people because doing what I've done and being fit pretty much most of my life. Yeah. And there's been times when I haven't been so fit and I've kind of fell off the wagon and whatever else. It's, we're all creatures of habit. Mm-hmm. It's all about building the habit. And it's not about necessarily having the motivation every single day to do it. You know, half of the time I work out, I just can't be bothered with it. But I'm in my car, I'm driving, and this is one of my morning routines. And it's just a habit. I don't have to think about it anymore. Just like with food, nutrition is the single biggest thing that will have Biggest impact on how you look and feel, right? You know, sleep and training and everything's important as well, but nutrition's the one, and it's the one that people struggle with the most. So yeah. it's just about building the habit. Yeah. It's so about building the habit. What kind of tips would you give to someone? And I'm probably sitting here thinking, oh, I would love to know in that space. I was actually just talking about it this morning. The, mm. the habit there for me, for example, is I work out four or five times a week. That now, amazing. that happens. So I don't need to put that into, I just wake up, I do it, and I really love it. But it's the food and I'm focused on getting the protein, yeah. but I don't even know if that's right. So what are some tips if someone's okay. watching and listening going, how can they improve? Yeah, for sure. Well, the most people want to lose a little bit more body fat. Always. They, they want to be a little <laughs> bit leaner. Okay. So what is causing someone to gain body fat? Very simple. It's eating too much food. Drinking too much rosé. Uh, exactly. That's... <laughs> Calories. Guilty. Yeah. Right. So it's it's consuming too much energy. Yeah. Right. So it's just putting the fork down or putting the, the you know, bottle of wine down yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and not consuming that much energy. And a great tip to start, if you've got no idea, is just track your intake. Yeah. Go on my fitness pal, everything yeah. that you eat or drink, put it in the app and just see how much energy you're, you're taking in. Do it over the weekend because that's normally when people will consume too much. Mm-hmm. But typical, right? Monday to Friday low calories, training every day. Oh yeah. In the vibe. On it. Saturday, Sunday, completely (laughs) off it. And then the average calorie intake for the week goes up because your calorie intake on the weekend is so high. The the trick there is just staying consistent seven days a week and knowing how much calories you are consuming. That will keep you lean. It's not, it's it's not, it's very simple actually. It's It's not complicated. I think that is the, it's the weekends. Cause it's, the, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. The it's weekend. A, it's my lifestyle, right? Mm. We're going out, we're partying, we're doing whatever. And that that's calories. Yeah. I have found a love for the non-alcoholic wine actually. Right. Yeah. 17, okay. 17 calories or 20 calories. And okay. then I'll have half a glass of that and mix it with soda water. Yeah. So midweek now, I don't even think about it, but it's the weekend mm. where I find it. You can, you can have your wine, you know, you can have a few glasses of wine and relax a little bit, Yeah. but you have to know 
how many calories for the day. So for example, on a Saturday, if you know you're going out in the evening yeah, and you've got like a restaurant a meal or whatever it is, a few glasses of wine with the girls, or whatever it is you're going to do, mm. track the evening food and wine in my fitness pal in the morning before you've even gone to the place. So for example, right, you're going to eat 1,650 calories a day. You figure out that the evening event's going to cost you a thousand calories. You eat 650 calories throughout the day. At the end of the day, you've had your wine, you've had your restaurant meal, you've eaten throughout the day, you haven't gone over your calories, you're staying in shape, you're on track towards your goals, and you've gone out and had your fun with your friends. It just takes a little bit of planning, but it Mm. can be done. Well, let's move on a little bit to the business side. So, you know, you've been in the fitness industry for 15 years. What brought you to Dubai? I was living in Thailand before this. I was working for a place called Tiger Muay Thai. It's a quite a famous um, MMA fitness camp in Thailand. Yeah. And at the time there was only the one camp on the street. Now it's like this really famous fitness street with so much there. And I was working two hours a day. I was training Muay Thai two, three hours a day. I was living, you know, in sh- I wouldn't put a t-shirt on at all. I had flip-flops that I would barely wear. And I had a motorbike and I was just this beach training lifestyle. Had dreadlocks. Wow. Yeah, okay. I think that now obviously, yeah. but... <laughs> and bold as anything now. But so I was living this life and it was great, but I wanted more. I wanted to grow. I always wanted to start a business. And I was just like, I don't think I'm in the right environment here. I'm not getting motivated to do it. And I'd never been to Dubai, didn't know anyone in Dubai, but just thought something's going on in Dubai. This seems like that. You just read about it or? Yeah. Just heard about it, read about it, got it in my head that that was the place to be. Yeah and made the decision to move here. So I got a job with Fitness First mm-hmm. as a personal trainer. Yep. Six months into that, started my own CrossFit gym, mm-hmm. actually, with a, a family member of mine. Started that. I ran it, did, you know, run the whole business, learned a hell of a lot mm. in that, in a, you know, three and a half years, sold my shares of that, and then got the idea in London to do a boxing fitness style studio in Dubai. At the time, there was nothing like it. Yeah. So did the research, went to Amsterdam, went to New York, spent a week in New York doing every single boxing concept under the sun. I was doing like three, four classes a day. New York is one of the fitness capitals of the world. Like a lot of um, brands and concepts start there. Took a little bit from each place where we saw and went for it. We started with one studio, which is our boxing and fitness studio. It's a mixture of strength training, fitness, and boxing. It's dark in there. There's crazy lights everywhere. The coach is in there with the music and everything. The vibes are cool. But during our fit out, COVID happened. Oh, no. So I remember standing outside the place with my business partner, who's a very good friend of mine. And he said, oh, you know, I think in a couple of weeks, we're all going to have to go into a lockdown. And I was laughing at him. Like, what are you talking about, mate? Anyway, two weeks later, we're in a lockdown and the whole thing happened. So we opened a week after lockdown. So like, that would have been like, what, the May or something it was, like that? It was September 2020. Oh, okay. So the summer, yeah. We the restrictions got lifted. One week later, Boxica opened. Okay. So everyone's still obviously scared. Nobody wants to be... You had be, to still wear a mask, I think, when you it, worked out, it, did you know? It was absolutely... We, the, we could have eight people in our studio at the time. And how many can you take now? 30. Oh, wow. Okay. Eight people. Yeah. Masks, distances, full on inspections. Nobody wanted to train. The first year of business was tough. And, um, you know, we 
But it was tough. It was tough. I mean, you know, you put your life savings into something and you're waking up every morning thinking, well, how long is this going to go on for? You know, at some point we're thinking like, oh, we might have to just, you know, close it up. But we persisted, we opened and we always wanted to build something that was big on community and people. Mm. And that's what we did. We focused on our members. We got to know them. We got to know their kids' names. We did kids' events. We did adults' events. We've grown a community outside and inside of the gym. And that's one of the reasons why I think we've had so much success. And at the time, our tagline was find your inner hero. And that was just some stuff that we come up with, right? But during COVID, people are coming out of COVID and they've gained on some weight and they're coming to Boxica and they're punching the bags and they're feeling this like they're getting rid of the stress and they're feeling motivated and energized. And they kept saying to me, this is my therapy. This is really my therapy. And it wasn't just one or two people saying this. I heard it so much that I was like, we have to change the tagline <laughs> to boxing is therapy because that's what everyone's saying. And then we kind of got through the COVID thing. There was a couple more units available in the building. And we were like, okay, we either franchise this or get an investment and grow it outside of this location, or we take these units and we do something. So we signed the leases, really didn't have a, too much of an idea about what we wanted to do. Yeah. So we decided on the cycling, indoor cycling, the ride studio, fitted that out and also made a cafe in, mm. in, in the other space. And we've also taken the whole backside of the building and we've got this big strength and conditioning outdoor space as well. Yeah. So here we are two and a half years later and we... We got through it. Congratulations. And I've been to the cafe. So Sorry? I've been to the cafe. Oh, have you? Yes, okay. I have. Yeah, I have. I haven't been to a class yet, but I've been All to right, the cafe. Okay. So you almost you almost got there. Yeah, Just... yeah, yeah. I did. No, and, and it was so not we had like the food was then we actually ended up having like fresh juice or something. We'd make yeah. it after a walk in the morning mm-hmm. with the girls, which was really lovely. But okay, I am committed amazing. to come and try your strength. Absolutely. I was chatting to another guest the other day and he was talking about various exercises and I said go and give me one give me one exercise that you absolutely love and he said battle ropes and I said okay I said I'm going to commit to doing a battle rope so these are all and it's so nice actually speaking to guests and going well what would you do what would you say (laughs) and then I said I'll tag you in that so I will definitely come and try it you're welcome anytime thank you so we've talked you talked about sort of a little bit on the strategy that kind of got you the awareness in the sense Mm. of building a community. So you said you did kids events, you did adults events, just bringing people together to try it for free or? We do events for the members. So recently we did a yacht party. So we had 65 members on a yacht. Nice. And it was just insane. It was so much fun. We've had uh, family days where we get loads of like pizza and food and stuff. The kids do a workout, the adults do a workout. We just kind of like chill and have fun together. We've done yoga events, we've done hikes, this kind of thing where we're, we're getting the community together yeah, outside yeah. of the gym yeah. and building that. And a part of it is as well, we're a boutique fitness studio and we pride ourselves. We haven't got 6,000 members, for example, like one of the big box gyms. We have um, 500 members, but we want to know all of their names. And the, the biggest growth a fitness business, a brick and mortar fitness business will get is from word of mouth, mm-hmm. like 90% word of mouth. Okay. still like this today. It was like this, you know, 10 years ago as well. It's word of mouth. People telling people, if you're going to see it on social media, yeah, okay, it's going to put it in your mind and you can do all the advertising and marketing that you want to do. But people come because their friends grab them and said, hey, you, you have to come and try this class. Otherwise, they're not going to be bothered to come and try it. You know, they're doing something else or whatever. And that's how people come. It's So we try and make an effort on, yes, the concept, the classes, the programming, the vibe and everything. But 
making sure that person has a great experience and feels like it's their second home. The staff have to smile when you walk in the door. They have to know your name. The team are uplifting. There's only a specific type of personality that I will hire mm. for Boxercare. And it, it works. Yeah. Why boxing? Well, we saw the trend coming over. Yeah. Uh, it was just starting to become popular in London, a little bit in Europe and uh, US. And when I did my like um, research, kind of knew it was going to be boxing, but also did other concepts and just to see what, what we should do. And, and, and the trip to New York really, you know, hit the nail on the head. It was just like, no, like, but this is amazing. It's so much fun. So the idea is that people want to try boxing. They want to punch something and they want the benefits of boxing, the mental and physical health benefits, but they don't want to go to a stinky, sweaty, <laughs> bloody men's fighting, getting punched in the face style gym, yeah. which at the time there only was those types of gyms around. We're clean. We're a friendly environment. We're for everyone. You don't get punched in the face, right? That's always a bonus. You can do boxing and get the benefits from it yep. with, without that side of it. So that was a big pull for me at the time. Like, wow, you know, this is, this is amazing. Mm. And hence the, the therapy thing that people were, were talking about. There is something very special about actually punching something. You don't feel the same when you just do an, a regular exercise session yeah. or whatever. The punching aspect of it, you really do get out your aggression, you know, your anger, whatever it is you've got built up. And you see people, they, they walk in all tensed up and they walk out oh, relaxed. Yeah. So did you officially change that in all the marketing? Boxing yeah. is therapy. Boxing is therapy is our, is our tagline. Yeah. Very interesting. What's your biggest pet peeve about the industry that you're in? Oh, about the fitness industry. Yeah. Mm, okay. There's people trying to sell crazy, elaborate fitness programs or nutrition programs based on complicated or kind of very narrow, single-minded focus thing just to get people's money. Like, buy my program, eat no carbs. This is the only way forward. There's many ways to skin a cat. And really being in shape, it, it boils down to a few very simple things. Nothing is quick. You're going to have to train. You're going to have to be consistent. Mm. You have to sleep seven to nine hours a night. You have to drink 2.5 to 3.5 liters of water today, uh, a day. And you have to eat nutritious, healthy foods. And it takes time. It's about building habits. Mm. This is what works. People try and sell stuff that is not, not necessarily based or on the those grounded principles. And that annoys me because they're, they're cheating people. Mm. What do you think then if someone was on a fitness journey to get realistic results? Does it vary from person to person? Or do you really say, no, you want to do this? It's create good habits and you've got to give it at least six months or a year or. Yeah, we do a program that's three, uh, two to three months long. Mm -hmm. And we're doing one right now. It's called the summer shred. Okay. It's two months. Yeah. And the goal of it is to teach people five habits that they're going to implement into their lives and, and carry on with it, but also get really good results in that focused period. Mm -hmm. So it's like in two months, two to three months, you're going to get great results. You're going to lose a load of body fat. You're going to start to build these five daily habits and the motivation is going to go through the roof because they've you know lost seven, eight kilos or however, it depends on how much you start with really yeah. to how much you can lose. Sure, sure. 
you lose uh, an amount of weight, you're feeling better, you're looking better, your mindset's in the right place. And then we've set you up so you can continue on the path Mm -hmm. doing these five things. And again, these five things are not like quick fix, magic pills, they're basic, but it works. Mm, What are the five habits? Okay. So habit one is uh, nutrition. So you have to eat the correct amount of calories and protein per day. Mm-hmm. We can get into the carbs and fats as well, but we want, we want to keep it super simple. So the correct amount of calories and protein per day, that's tracking your food in my fitness pal, which yep. I've already spoke about, and it's learning about the energy and food. Second one is water intake. So you have to drink the correct amount of water. It's 2.5 liters for women, mm-hmm. 3.5 liters for men. It does vary depending on how much you sweat and, and how big you are, but that's the basics of it. Yeah, You have to train. It's, it's a daily habit, but you do have to move every day. But training on the program, you train six days a week. Wow. Okay. It's a lot because we want that. We want, results. We want the results. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So six classes at Boxica mm. per week. Obviously, long term, I wouldn't recommend six classes for most people. Four to five will do it. But in this, in this period, it's that. But it's just getting into the habit of moving every day. Absolutely. Right? Steps. Yeah. That's another one. You have to do 10,000 steps per day. People don't realize you can go to the gym and work your ass off for an hour, but if you're sitting around for the rest of the 23 hours, oh, yeah, yeah, it's an effort. That's not good. Yeah, that's not good. So you've got to get up, you've got to move, you've got to hit 10,000 steps a day. Mm. Okay, that in itself will will really help with keeping you lean because you're burning off an extra 350 to 500 calories per day. And I'll get into the math on that long term in in a second, but I'll just give you the last habit sleep. Mm. Sleep seven to nine hours per night. Obviously, there'll be emergencies and things that you, you know, events or whatever now and again, but generally you have to stick to seven to nine hours. And if I was going to pick one of them that was going to have the biggest impact on your life, if you're not doing it right now, it's the sleep. Tell me a little bit about that. Then. Yeah, it, it's if you're not sleeping hormonally, physiologically, mentally, you're going to be in such a, a bad position to make the right choices with food. So, for example, when you don't sleep properly, your body registers that you've not had enough sleep and you've been awake more hours than normal. Mm -hmm. So it triggers you to eat more food. So, but if you've been awake like an hour or two hours more than what you should have been, I mean, how many calories have you really needed there? Like, you know, it's, it's minuscule. It's a tiny amount of calories, but the urge to eat is way stronger than the actual need. That's why you get sugary cravings and you do crave food more, whether you know it or not, when you don't sleep enough. And therefore, mm. over time, you will eat, consume too much food mm. and you'll gain body fat, right? So by setting these up, I mean, sleep's just a basic need and everything works better when you sleep enough. So it is one of the pillars, one of the five habits. And go back, going back to my, um, I want to do the math on my phone. Just think about 10,000 steps a day. Yeah. Most people do three to 5,000 a day anyway, mm-hmm. just normally, right? You've got to walk, you've got to go out your house, you've got to walk to the office, whatever it is. So if you say you have to do an extra 5,000 steps a day just to hit that 10,000, right? 5,000 to half an hour, 40 minutes of walking. You can do it throughout the day if you want, just by setting an alarm or taking, making a conscious effort to walk a bit more. Or in the evening, you can walk your dogs, go for a little walk with your partner or whatever, whatever it is, right? You just, you get your steps in. Let's say on average, it's Let's take the lowest number, 350 calories a day, walking a little bit extra. Okay. Done over a month, that's 10,500 calories burnt. Yeah. Minimal mm-hmm. in a month. Times that by 12 months, that's 126,000 
calories in a year. Okay. That's the minimum amount. It's more than that. If I, the average person takes in 2000 calories, right? You might be more than that. You might be less than that. Divide by 2000. It's 63 days worth of food, 63 days worth of food burnt off just walking 10,000 steps a day. Yeah. Imagine that. It's two months of food. <laughs> it's just a lot when you put work at food in a room at the end of the year and say, wow, I've just burnt off this. Just walking that 30, 40 minutes a day for the whole year. The power of these habits over the long term is huge. But think about the opposite, right? Think about you over consuming. Let's not even say 350. If you over consume, have a couple of biscuits or you have a little chocolate bar here or you just eat in your kids, you know, chicken nuggets that mm-hmm. they didn't eat or you're just putting in a few chips here and there. 200 calories a day easily. Without even blinking, right? Times 365 days, that's 73,000 calories based on an average 2,000 calorie diet, right? It's it's 36 days worth of food at the end of the year that you've accumulated extra, extra just 200 calories a day, right? So the, the power of these habits, and, and my point was long-term is where the magic is. That's why there's no quick fix. Mm. Do these things daily. Don't look about your results in a week or two weeks or a month project into the future and think about, okay, if I keep this up for the next year and you'll be a completely different person. Yeah. Do you know what the one thing for me, when I realized I started tracking food, how calorific cheese was. Cheese. Yeah. It's very I'd high go in calories. and I'd have like a little nibble and then <laughs> I, I, I a little nibble here and there and you know, a couple of little chunks. And then when I weighed it, I was absolutely horrified because <laughs> I was like, it's, it's just a little nibble. And I was oh, but I think the, the, that whole, the step thing in the gym. So that again has been part of the journey for myself that mm. going to the gym, I thought was doing something good. But then I was realizing that I wasn't even getting close to my steps. I was coming mm. home, sitting on my desk, doing calls. Mm. Um, and for someone who was very active when I was a celebrity stylist, I was always in the mall. Really? You know, I was easily mm. doing 15,000 steps wow. and I really noticed that difference. So I bought a rebounder, you know, the little mini trampolines Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that to get the steps for me, my thing is now in the morning, I can't go out unless I've done 6,000. Oh, wow. Amazing. So I make sure whatever I've done. That's awesome. Is 6,000. Before the day starts, just 6,000 and then. Or I'll do the the gym, come home, still go on the rebounder, but it's before eight o'clock. Because I find if I leave it till the end of the day then the bad decisions come in and, oh, well, I'll make up for it tomorrow. And I'm like, no, my day is always much better if I know I've got six in already. Mm. And that's an interesting stat on that. If we can roughly work out 3,000. Yeah. If you're saying that you would do. Yeah. For a, a wonder of now the house or whatever, or doing bits yeah, of the season. Yeah, you're, you're probably hitting your, yeah, your 10 so there. That was. That's, that's amazing. And yeah. the fact that you're getting it done in the morning, in the evening, we are way more likely to make the wrong decision. Oh, yeah. You're tired. Right, you might be a little bit hungry. You've had a bad day. Whatever it is, it's very difficult, even for me, to to really focus in the evening. Mm-hmm. So, a little trick I like to do for that is I do my training first thing in the morning. Yeah. So that's all done. Great. I get home and I like to leave some hours before eating and sleeping because you recover and sleep better when you sleep on an empty stomach. If you've just eaten a big meal and your body's trying to digest and sleep at the same time, you don't rest as much. So what I do is I eat my last meal around six. Yeah. And then I immediately after it brush my teeth. Uh, I'm not going to bed yet. Yeah. But I'm brushing my teeth. Who wants to eat something after you brush your teeth? You don't. (laughs) The effort. Psychologically, it really does something. You brush your teeth. Yeah. 
that stuff doesn't taste nice when you've got toothpaste in your mouth. Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah, one yeah. of the aspects of it. But honestly, you don't, you're not hungry after brushing your teeth because you've consistently throughout your whole life, brushed your teeth and gone to bed. Yeah. So it's like this switch that happens. You don't want to eat after it. So yeah. that's what I do. And this is probably something that people it's listening to. Yeah, absolutely. Eat your last meal because a lot of the time you think it's your last meal, but you'll creep in a few things before you sleep. And that's that 200 extra, right? Over the year, that's going to add up. Brush your teeth. Done. What time is bedtime for you? I will try to get in my bed at 9 p.m. Yeah. And then I'll listen to some affirmations or some audiobooks or something and sleep around 9.30, quarter to 10. Do you find people look at you strangely? Because at the same time I go to bed and people are like, you know, I nearly feel like other people have an issue with it rather <laughs> than me. And it's like, or they'll, they'll say things like, oh, but you go to bed so early. Yeah, but I get up at five. Yeah. Or I, I don't know. Is that the same for you or? Yeah, but people generally don't prioritize their sleep and they, you know, it's the last thing, it's the last priority for them, right? The Netflix or their social event or whatever it is, is more important than them getting them sleep. But what they don't realize is, is that it's been shown in studies that from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m., between that time, if you get your sleep in, you're going to get the most uh, recovery mentally and physically from those hours of the day, 10 mm. p.m. to 6 a.m. If you mess around with that, if you go to bed at 11 you're missing out on a prime hour of recovery. You can, you can go to bed at 12 and get your eight hours, but it's not going to be the same. At 10 till, 10 till 6. Absolutely. It's, just, it's our natural bodily circadian rhythms. We're in tune with the planet. You can't, you know, it's, it's millions of years of evolution. It's, you're not going to break that by thinking, oh, I can just, you can't. So it's 10 to 6. Mm, bear that in mind. How can people join the class? How can they find out about you? Give us a little bit of detail. Yeah, you can... Boxica, search search for Boxica yeah. on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And my personal Instagram is uh, Coach Cyrus. Most things get posted on the Boxica one. Boxica.ae is our website. Yeah. We have an app where they can join on board. And you know, welcome to come for a class. Welcome to come for one of our events as well, like one of our social events. We've actually got ice this Saturday. We're doing ice baths. Mm -hmm. And Natasha has told me that you're definitely not going to join that. So don't bother trying to. <laughs> She's totally right. That is the one thing that I've said. I always say never say never. I cannot stand cold water. Like, yeah. it, no, I, yeah. I'm very adventurous in many things. Yeah. And Okay. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I don't like cold water. I don't like having cold showers or anything like that. Yeah. But the ice is different. You get coached before you go in the ice on how to breathe yeah. in the ice. And the idea is to calm down your nervous system and your mind in a stressful situation. Going in the ice is a stressful situation. I bet. It's zero <laughs> degrees. But if you can control your breathing and you breathe in a specific way and you get in the ice, it's really not that bad. And you'll learn to slow your breathing down when your body's trying to do the opposite yeah. and you'll get out after a few minutes and you will feel better than you've ever felt before. Honestly, you will feel absolutely fantastic. Well, in saying that, I have done cryo before. Cryotherapy, okay. where you stand in that yeah. freezing cold chamber, but you're not getting wet. So it's, yeah. it's freezing. And yeah, because I know a lot of athletes do that okay. after they've done big events yeah. and what have you. Yeah. And I get the feeling like I was like ready to take over the world, but you can I might it. work on that uh, one. <laughs> you can do it. Well, you're welcome anytime. The, Thank the, th you. the thing about it is you, a lot of people struggle to calm their minds. Yeah. And when you get in the ice you ain't thinking about anything like you are hyper-focused. <laughs> it's like an extreme form of meditation. That's yeah. why I get so many people after it just being like, oh my God, why do I feel so good? 
a lot of it is the mental aspects. Like you've just, you've just done extreme like meditation for like three, three to five minutes. Mm. So a, a lot of it's that as well. People don't realize. It's I've got a friend who's addicted to it now and she goes every couple of weeks and yeah. loves it. If, if you do it once, I promise you, you will go back and do it again. I feel like people have to leave comments and going if they've done a nice bath and honestly tell me what I'll, I'll think yeah. of it. I always love to wrap up a podcast. Um, this has been something new. I say always, I say the last sort of four to five episode I've done this where I've got some random questions. Okay. Um, pick one and go ahead and answer it. All right. So I'm most competitive when it comes to, oh, this is a good one. Yeah, working out. Really? Yeah. As in with yourself, with other people or just in general? I'm very competitive with myself. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always wanting to be better and improve myself, but uh, I, I'll, I will preach to people to leave your ego at the door and don't compete. But if I'm, if I'm training with a certain people, like my business partner or one of the coaches in the gym, yeah, it's, it's on. Like, you you ignore on. that advice completely. Game, game on. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Go for another one. Yeah. All right. Okay. So I'm particularly stubborn about... <laughs> This is a great one. This is a great one. I want to say something that's on this topic, if you don't mind. Go for it. Okay. I I am naturally stubborn and I think it helps in certain aspects of life to be stubborn. However, in certain other aspects, it's good to know when your stubbornness is not serving you. And this is something I've mentioned on my own podcast a few times. I did something called the Landmark Forum. Okay. Are you familiar? No. You'll have to look it up. Yeah. It's this event where they basically have you, I thought it was a business coaching course. I, I read about it in a book. It was um, the founder of Lululemon. Yeah. He said it changed his life and they will always look at his life as before the forum and after forum. So I'm like, this billionaire is saying this, I need to go on this forum. So I didn't look into it. I just went on it. It wasn't about business. It was about yourself, how you look at yourself, the baggage that you carry in life and how to let go of that and move on as a new person. And I'll look at my life exactly what he said as well. It completely changed my life. So I will say on stubbornness, I was a very stubborn human being to the point where it was actually impacting my marriage from what I told you in the beginning about what happened with my parents and stuff and the divorce. It kind of like, it was the baggage that I was carrying and it was impacting my marriage negatively. Mm. But luckily for me, I went on the forum yeah. and I got to look at myself in a different view and figure out that the problem was me not my wife. Mm. So that is what I would like to say about stubbornness is that sometimes it, stubbornness doesn't serve you. <laughs> Very true. So tell me about the, where is this? Is this something that happens once a year or? They come to Dubai before COVID and they did two forums in Dubai. Oh, wow. Uh, they, in a, the two and a half million people have done it globally. It's all around the world. Oh, and it started in the 80s. There's one guy that started it. It's been going since the 80s. And no words that I can say now will let you know what it's about. You sit in a room for three days. They don't give you many lunch breaks. They don't give you that much time to sleep in the night. They, the room's freezing cold. They, all they do is talk to you. And you think this is torture. Like me saying it now, you're yeah. thinking, there's no way I'm going to do that. You are on your seat, eyes wide, listening the whole time. And they tell you on the last day, you're going to have this breakthrough, 5.30 PM or whatever. They tell you this like time. And after the first day, honestly, I went home to my wife and I was like, look, the stuff they're saying is great. But I don't know if I'm going to go back for like two more days. Like I was really like toying with myself. I was like, okay, I'll just go and do it. Did the second day. Like, wow, getting this great information. It's great. Not what I expected, but it's good. And they're saying the third day, you're going to get this thing. Anyway, I'm going to go back and do the third day. Did the third day. Comes to the afternoon. Things are getting heated, but I'm not 
Like I hadn't spoke to my mum for so many years. And one of the things they tell you on, on the forum is you have to have a good relationship with your parents. They brought you into this world. They gave you life. You really can't live your life fully in the greatest respect if you're not speaking to your parents, if they're mm. alive. I ain't spoke to my mum. I did not speak to my mum. 15 years since I was 12 or whatever, when they, they told us on the forum, call your parents, make up with them. And I was like, nah, no way. I'm not doing that. See the stubbornness, right? There's no way I'm calling my mom. And I told my wife and my wife was like, I've been telling you for years, you need to speak to her. I'm like, no, 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 no. 5.30 PM, the last day, it hits you like a ton of bricks. And it is the only way I can explain it is you see yourself in a mirror and you see why you are the way you are, why your personality is the way it is. And you realize that you don't need to carry that around with you anymore. And you can just let go of everything. And go forward being whatever the hell you want to be. So I immediately called my mum after I had this thing, right? And well, out of the blue after 15 years. Yeah, called her up. And I said, I'm sorry to her. I'm sorry I haven't spoke to you. I love you. You're my mum. And, you know, I, I want to build a relationship with you. And the weight, honestly. The, I goosebumps. <laughs> the weight, like it was like taking a hundred kilo backpack off my shoulders and just being like, it's done. Now I can talk to my mum. And now I've got a great relationship with her. She just went back to the UK, so... Oh, that is lovely. Really. Yeah. And I really appreciate your honesty and everything yeah. that you've shared and, and part of your journey mm-hmm. and everything. I'm going to go and Google that and know more. Yeah, I did, the Landmark Forum. I, yeah, I did um, a lot of the, the similarities there. I did Date with Destiny, okay. um, oh. Tony Robbins wow. in Fort Lauderdale, I think we did, and Freezing Cold Rooms. Incredibly long days. Mm. Um and it was, it was something that had been on my bucket list for a really long time. So it was really, good? yeah, it was. I'm so, it? Plaz- so pleased I did it. Really? But yeah. I just, I, I hugely believe in personal development. Mm. And that's always something that I'm investing in myself. I'm investing in my business. Mm. I, I never wow. seem to really um, reap the rewards in the sense of, because just everything I reinvest <laughs> back in. So I'm thinking at some point it's going to work. But now the clients that I work with, you know, I think, God, the amount I've spent, they're getting this through me and the things that I've learned. But I absolutely love it. So my way to check it out. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I am coming to one of your classes. Um, I've so enjoyed speaking to you and learning about you. Wish you every success in your business. Thank Thank you. you so much. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, then please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This is how more people can hear about the amazing stories and guests that we have on here. Even better, you can also share this on social media. Screenshot it and share it on your Instagram or on your Facebook or on your Twitter account. The more people that see these episodes, the more awareness it brings to small businesses and those that are trying to make an impact and difference. And if you want to know more about how you can develop your personal brand, then check out our new website, Brand New Creators, designed by our in-house team. And we are in the business of helping you to increase your online visibility, build industry authority, lead change, motivate and profit. Who doesn't want that? I look forward to speaking to you soon. Until next time. Bye.